This installment of the Hoaxbusters call was recorded on October the 4th, 2017. For all things Hoaxbusters, please visit hoaxbusterscall.com. Hello. Hey, uh, Joshua. Yes, that's me. Hey, how you doing, man? How's it going? Good. So you've been a friend of Richard for a while? Yeah, I've known Richard for a long time. Oh, cool. Yeah, I said uh, you're interested in uh, having a little debate or discussion about uh, evolution theory. I was thinking more of like a, more of like a discussion, I guess. <laughs> yeah. See where it goes. More of a discussion. Uh, I, I saw your video of the like the dinosaur bones I would mind touching on that either okay like uh you did you see my video or where I, I was talking or like one of the on one of the calls or podcasts where I was talking about it yeah it was it was it was on YouTube oh so you saw the dinosaur hunter uh dinosaur hunter video about right, yes. uh the guy finding the uh the bones for the museum or whatever yeah okay um yeah i saw that yeah so you're joshua and you're out of um do you, do you live uh near richard or in arizona or? from long island no i know i'm from long island he used to live here oh okay cool yeah um so you're from long island and uh yeah, yeah i'm just trying to get a introduction here and you're a friend of richard's and yeah so um so you saw my video about dinosaur hunters and uh and then, uh, have you listened to any of my critique on evolution theory or anything? No, uh, I haven't. I was trying to find stuff on YouTube. That's generally, I know it sounds kind of stupid, but that's a lot of times where I listen to like podcasts. It's like what people upload on YouTube just because it's like a lot easier, <laughs> more convenient, sort of. Yeah. So uh, he was telling me about it. I don't know exactly hundred uh, percent where you stand on it. I, I know he said you you had some questions that most people couldn't answer. Well, yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. I mean, what what is your background as far as um, somebody that's just like a layman that's interested in the evolution theory and have kind of studied up on it, or do you have any like um, uh, credentials formal or anything? Formal training? Um, no, basically, I've been interested in like um, animals my entire life. I'm, I, you, I guess I could say I'm. You know, I read. I, I just do for something because something I'm interested in. I thought about taking it up as a career, but it never really panned out. But I've, just, I've read tons of books, watch tons of, you know, documentaries, read a lot. Uh, every time there's news on any new discovery, I read about it. So it's not something I'm really interested in. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I just um, was uh, wondering what your particular... Because um, a, a lot of people you'll get into a discussion with, you know, that uh, believe in evolution. Like, it, you know, it's it's a... It's sort of like one of those things that's been proven by science. I think that's um, uh, pretty common. Uh, and then you kind of get into it a bit with them, and then they kind of uh, refer you to an expert because, you know, sometimes uh, – it, but it's still this belief. It's kind of like where, where a lot of times I've noticed it kind of comes down to a, an acceptance of an authority – telling you that something is so and then i'm not saying that that's where you're coming from i'm just mm -hmm. saying that's my been my experience uh 
uh, in the past. But um, yeah. well, I believe if you're gonna believe in uh, a concept, you should you you could read about it from you know somebody, but you should also be able to kind of understand it, like read it, and say, oh, that makes sense, and not just assume it's true. Like it has to like it. it it's a lot of it does seem like um, kind of crazy, like the different forms and uh, species. So it's, a, it's a pretty wide, like variety of things in the yeah. world. So right. it is, it is kind of. Uh, I could see sometimes, you know, even I was like thinking, well, that that's like insane how something could, you know, one thing could spawn from so many things. So you know, I, I believe it has to make sense. There has kind of a leap of faith, you know, lack of a better term. Uh, yeah <laughs> um I, it just depends like i feel like um when someone brings up evolution their mind goes immediately to to like humans and that kind of like offends them because they don't want to think that they're part of you know everything right. especially people right like that's what their mind goes like oh humans you know well i don't know about you know dogs or bears or whatever but i know I know that, like, I didn't come from that. So when pe- usually when I think of evolution, since I'm, like, thinking of all these other different species, I hardly ever relate it to myself until I realize that that's what most people relate it to. And human evolution is definitely interesting and studied. I'm not saying it's not, but it's not the first thing I think of. And I think it is the first yeah. thing that most people think of. They think of evolution as, like, people. That's, like, you know, it's kind of like a knock on them, especially if mm-hmm. they're very religious but I mean, well, I guess it'd be a good a, a good time to like, you know, define evolution. I've had discussions before with people where it, it kind of progresses along, and then then I'll say something like, "Okay, so you know, you're you're saying that you know, uh, human beings came from a common ancestor with a you know a turnip or something like that." It makes it sound right. silly, but at the same time, that is what evolution you know because the i think the scientific term is common descent so everything has a common ancestry and then i then a lot of times i get this um rebuttal of like no that's not what i believe so i guess like what i guess i would just ask you like what so when you're talking about when you say evolution what do you what do you mean it depends on how, like, right. What you're saying is, I I think actually is what most um, scientists go with. Yeah, that's uh, what I think, I think too. Yeah. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think um, it's if you have like a family tree, lack of a better term, of like species, like what species are related to, how closely um, you could feasibly get everything down to one thing. Yeah. So it, it all, and connect. then like I think the common. Uh, idea that's put out there is we all came from like uh, rock soup <laughs> uh, 4.5 billion years ago and then things kind of came together came into a one cell yeah. and then kind of right. just progressed out of there and then when I say that like it, it you know it's a, I, I noticed too that kind of is off-putting to some people it's like no no I don't believe that's like well yeah that's pretty much what the science from what I understand that's what they're saying it's like it's everything is sort of a, a product of um, when it comes down to it. When you're trying to define the mechanism, it's it's what the way it's described is random, mm-hmm. ran, a random process. To me, it, it's an evolving it's an evolving science. You know, like not to use a pun there, but it's like um, it's not. I don't think that it's all figured out. 
and but yeah. I do believe the common it is it is the that is the theory though that everything did come from one thing. But I, I'm not, I don't think that, and I'm pretty sure I, I could be wrong in this, but I think most scientists would claim that they they don't know everything. Yeah, there is some still things to that they're that they're finding out. It's not just like oh yeah this is definitely this, but uh, I do think yeah that is basically the um, the thing that the common theory that everything came from one thing and it kind of spawned off that way yeah so I, the way i understand it is darwin's uh theory of evolution says that 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 uh, um and see if see if you disagree with this it's that uh everything comes from a common ancestor uh through a process of gradual accumulation of imperceptibly small changes over millions and millions of years uh, by way of random mutation uh, and natural selection. Would that pretty much summarize it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, um, well, let me ask you this. Have you ever looked at... Uh, there was a recent... Um, well, a guy recently did it. Uh, he, he did an experiment on uh, the silver fox. Okay. If, are you familiar with that? I'm not familiar with the experiment, no. So, yeah, he's just a Russian guy, and he, uh, so he's, he's, he's taken uh, silver fox, which is a species of fox, and he's uh, domesticated them. And so it's sort, of, uh, it's sort of an investigation into how long, you know, this process takes to get uh, a domesticated type of a dog out of a uh, wild species. So he's taking them from the wild, and he's domesticating them. And uh, so I've read I've read up on that, and according to what these what they're talking about, it's like within ten years they had uh, practically had domesticated uh, the, the silver fox. After f- they said forty years, they had fully domesticated uh, the silver fox. The silver fox had droopy ears, kind of mottled okay. fur, and uh, docile and uh, we're good with kids, and so it so it was a um, let's just say forty years of going from a wild uh, silver fox to to like a something very akin to a uh, domesticated dog. So I don't. So would, I mean, would you agree with like that? Something like that is. I mean, do you have any? issues with that way you're understanding the way you're understanding I, you know evolution what? now that you're saying it that does sound familiar um i believe that's a form of like kind of like microevolution, like not evolution per se but it's it to me it is showing it's a species can change um it, it's mm-hmm. is it a different species the fox not necessarily i mean um a fox and a wolf are related they're 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 both in like the canis family but they're not the same thing um but a, a dog and wolf are obviously really closely related they can interbreed but um i believe the domestic dog is is now like a subspecies of a fo- of a wolf or depending on who you ask is a completely different species yeah so like i said in, in a way I, i'm it's that's kind of like it's not proving everything but it's proving that species can change 
I think another thing that it proves too is that you can have some pretty substantial changes in you know morphology, the ears, the the whole um, disposition of the animal, being able to domesticate it forty years. That's not taking. Right. It's not taking thousands or thousands of years. It's not taking millions of years. It's not oh, even okay. taking anything close. But then you'll have people argue that, oh, you're an idiot if you don't believe in evolution because here's evolution right here in front of you. And it's like, well, if, if you're – that's why I go back to the definition. If your definition of evolution is slow uh, accumulating changes imperceptible over vast ages of time – that doesn't fit that definition. And see, that's why I think that, like, somebody could say the word evolution means completely something completely different than what they think it means. So it's, yeah. so that's obviously an example where that's not what you think it means because that's not, that's not a slow, gradual, accumulated, random mutations over vast aeons of time. That can't possibly be. But that's uh, – but see, that's selective – that would be selecting uh selective breeding yeah selective breeding that's not something that is is going to necessarily take place out in the wild but it is right. an example of the type of variation that you can get within an animal in a very short period of time yeah I, i'm not sure i mean i could be wrong with us. i'm not sure they're saying it's not possible again it was it's kind of like it's kind of like an unnatural um setting and the other thing you could say is the fox is different, but is it a different species? Not necessarily. Um, but again, I think it's kind of like a broad rule. Like there's some changes that could take millions of years and there's some changes that might take a lot less, like uh, vast. I mean, the best example I could give it, if you look at bears, um, they're all kind of related to each other, right? Yeah. But uh, polar bear and like grizzly bear are very closely related. And there's one, one way of knowing that is they can breed with each other. Most species, even if they're closely related, cannot interbreed. They, it just won't work. Um, so the fact that they can interbreed is proof that they're, they're pretty closely related. And that was like an environmental thing. Mm -hmm. So it, there's different there's different species that can interbreed, and I think that's one way of saying. But like a brown bear and a black bear, are, as far as I know, cannot interbreed. But they're pretty similar looking. So they may be like further, you know, branched off a lot further away. So like they're the way they're built is so much different. They, right. they, it doesn't mesh together. Um, so, yeah. Could they opinion, artificially inseminate and get a get bear cubs? That's oh, another thing too. The, the grizzly and the polar bear. Yeah, because you no, know, it like a, happened in the wild. Oh, so they can get a cross. Oh, oh no, I'm talking about the brown bear. Would you say the brown bear and black bear? Oh no, uh, brown bear and polar bear have have interbred, but I don't believe a black bear and a brown bear can interbreed. Yeah, so I mean, so there would be some different factors that would come in to to because it, here's the definition of species, which is if you look into that, it's it's pretty vague. I mean, you can't really yeah pin it, it down to one particular thing, and that's where I think a lot of uh, people get confused. They say, well, dogs are an example of evolution. It's like, okay, so is a Chihuahua and a Doberman Pinscher, are they completely different species? No. No, they're not. But look at the morphological differences between a Chihuahua yeah. and a Doberman Pinscher. They're pretty drastic. And oh, they yeah. can't 
interbreed. Now you can artificially inseminate or something like that, and then they can breed. But they they because of the body the size type difference. size differences, they can't. Yeah. <laughs> they, it's not yeah, they can't interbreed. Right. So, um, so should they be classified as distinct species because they don't interbreed? And that's you get into a lot of uh, just ill-defined terms and stuff with evolution uh you get stuff that now what's what's interesting to me is these things will be told to children told everybody else that dogs are examples of evolution and it's like okay so what do you mean by evolution do you mean change over time because certainly yeah they've changed over time uh i have gray hair and I didn't have that when I was younger. That's change over time. Does that mean that's evidence of Darwin's theory? I don't think it is. Now, see, that's that's what I'm going. That's what I'm going. That's what I'm trying to emphasize. They're conflating things that aren't relevant to the particular claim. The particular claim is that uh, one type of animal, for lack of a better word, because like I was talking about, these things are ill-defined. Are, are in con, everything is continually progressing to turn into something uh, completely different like from a one celled amoeba to uh, Napoleon Bonaparte mm. you know that that much of it, so it's, so what the evolutionists are contending is that there is no boundaries to evolution it's just a matter of giving it enough time. And I'm and, and, yeah, or and environmental yeah. changes, whatever. environmental changes. But my contention is that, well, that is something that has never been observed. And that's that's where the faith comes in. And it's like because Darwin didn't discover anything new as far as animals being able to adapt, animals displaying variations within the types of animals. Uh, that's something that's been well understood and, and observed for way before Darwin. So, but his his theory is that this explains the origin of species. That's what his book was. It's like this this is how right. everything came to be in biology, and, I, and I'll contend that that's fantasy. It's a fairy tale. That's that's something that's not been observed. If you go in looking for actual evidence for that idea you're gonna come up short because there just really isn't any well um I, i'll be honest with you i've never heard anybody say that about dogs use that as uh, an example i'm not saying they haven't it's just never been said to me um but oh the dogs I, I are an example of evolution right I, I i've honestly never heard it before it's the first time i'm hearing it but um i, I can kind i can kind of see where they're going with that um uh-huh. But I've honestly never heard it. Uh, but like I said, most people don't consider um, the dog the same species as a wolf. And I think, I mean, I, I could be wrong on this, but most people agree that dogs were once wild well, animals. Well, I'll just go off of uh, what. what see, I mean, like, what is, a, what is a recognized authority as a final word on what evolution is? Because I think a lot of people have a lot of different ideas and then. Yeah, You know, it's like, but here's, according to PBS, years of selective breeding by humans has resulted in the artificial evolution of dogs into many different uh, mm-hmm. types. 
evolution of the dog. Not uh, is it not only is the behavior changed. Domestic domestic dogs are different in the form of the wolves mainly. So it does say, "Hey, everybody, here's an example of evolution." It's very common to use dogs as an example of evolution. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I've never heard it before, but I don't necessarily disagree with it either. I think it is. I think it is an example. Um, It just depends on like where your major issue comes along. Like, I'm I'm assuming you agree to an extent species can change over time or no. I don't think uh, that's not even that's not even in dispute. Like I said, I have gray hair. I've changed over time. Well, I mean, I've gotten taller over time. Not age necessarily, but like they can, uh, they could. uh, uh, Like I said, my example was with the uh, uh, polar bear. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the colder climate, by having white fur. Yeah, but see that. See that. That begs the question of like, what is the mechanism that permits that see i see i see these animals you know oh. by, out in biology as like they have sort of like a a swiss army knife of different traits right. that can be called upon when needed and then you know because the way i've heard the way i've heard it explained described is the genetic code allows for gene expression to be switched on and off and that's something that's actually been observed to occur Right. Well, I guess I can. I'll use that example. Um, say, like uh, a, a brown bear had a bunch of cubs. Some were white. Some were brown. The white ones happened to happen to survive in the colder climate because they can, like the predators. I mean, the the things they were hunting could not see them. Mm-hmm. Um, they were able to like hide better. They were able to eat better. The bur- the bears that were more brown could be seen, so they weren't catching anything. Um, so it's it this. It, it, the, the general theory would be that the, the, the white bears would be able to be more successful and they would breed more. So hence, over time, all the bears in that region are white. They become a different species. They become a polar bear. That's that's like the that's like an easy example I can give. Like, I, I don't think you know, to explain every single species that exists on the planet is is going to be challenging. I don't think any scientist claims they can do that. But that's like one example. But like uh, given See, see, that's the that's the thing too. A lot of this stuff gets conflated, where it's like, well, if you accept that, then you must, by necessity, accept that a polar bear, given enough time, can transmorgify into a sea mammal, like a whale or something like that. That's what uh, Darwin initially proposed. By the way, he actually did propose that right. as one potential. They say whales came from the land. Wells came, and they still do have a variation of that, even though it's not bears, it's something else, some other mythological creature, I, I believe, that's was concocted. But it, it's, um, that's the contention. You mean an extinct like, animal? Well, the, uh, what, what are some of the names of Ambiocetus and Pachyocetus and all that stuff? And they contend that they're uh, some kind of predecessor to whales and they're going to show you some bones with a with a blowhole on the top of the skull but then okay seriously. yeah stuff like that and they say well that's that's here's a transitional so, right so animals that lived on land that eventually became returning to the sea um yeah i mean they do have, so that's one connection uh i mean it would make sense it, it would if you're going by like what a mammal is it would kind of makes sense that whales event were originally living on land uh it's a see it's hard i'm trying trying to like um 
find out exactly where you're at on it. Like, I don't know if you're just kind of skeptical of the belief or you have, or you have something in mind that you do believe in and you're just not sure. Well, I'll just put it this way. Bears will always be bears. Dogs will always be dogs. Cats will always be cats. Um, now, Dar- if, if a Darwinist is going to be consistent in his belief system, you would have to believe that you could take and selectively breed a dog to become huh. something that's indistinguishable from a cat because there is no, there is no boundaries. There is nothing that would prevent right. that because you're, you're operating off random chance. There is no direction, but you can select for the traits through artificial breeding and artificial selection. And, and since there is no boundaries, since it's completely haphazard and random, um, mm-hmm. you'll eventually get the traits you want. And then you only select for cat-like traits until you end up with something that's indistinguishable from a cat, if given enough time. Yeah. Well, it's weird. Interest. I mean, I I do have, I have a question for this. Uh, you you did bring up bears, uh, cats, and dogs, which is interesting because they're all in the same family. Um, you know what I mean? Like they're all they're all like carnivores, not carnivores as in they eat meat. They're in that family called carnivore like they're all in that it's called a group you know like you know like phylum group right species right. they're all in that group called um carnivore along with raccoons and stuff like that like they're basically saying that a, a dog and a cat are more related than a dog and a, a chimpanzee but um if you're gonna say something is like relate do you believe that species are like related you believe like a bear is distantly related to a dog or you don't or there's no relations because if you're kind of um, going to the fact that there's like animals that belong in groups that you know they are kind of related to each other why would they be related to each other if they didn't have similar ancestors at one point in time uh, because like, I think make something related to something else I think all of that's all of that is is just asserted based on evolutionary presuppositions I don't believe that there is so, a, so no, it, you, you don't believe in like groups basically no, I mean they're 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 arbitrary in in, a, in one degree where it's just it, it's a lot of this a lot of the case rests for evolution theory on comparative morphology. So they'll even right. take a bat wing and say, well, look, you got a metatarsal, it's so uh, and a you know the metatarsal what the bones in the hand. So does the bat. So ergo, you there's a, a relationship there. Uh, therefore, the tree of life, and it's like that's a logical non sequitur. That doesn't necessarily follow. Yeah. Um, yeah. But see, a lot of lot, a lot of that, you know, especially with apes, it's like okay, they got the 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 frontal sight, they have the ears, like like uh, like uh, human beings. Therefore, right. they must have, have they must be a common or a close ancestor. And it's all like, well, that's just all you know, uh, an interpretive bias that's placed on it. Uh, my question is, okay, what actual evidence is there of that? And, and, and I believe that the, the actual evidence is, um, uh, because what, what really at the core, what's being, what's being, um, advocated with the evolution theory is that, uh, the, the random mutations have this, uh, um, incredible uh, creative ability or creative power through the process to allow for something like that, and and I, I, and that has never been established. It's, that that's something that's just it's just asserted. 
it's never quantified it's not, not explained to you in a quantifiable way so that um, you can attach it to actual observe something that's actually observed it's all that's where it yeah. ventures off into just just those just those stories well with apes i actually wanted to bring that up i've kind of forgot um just to make it clear to anyone who's listening or you the, the theory of evolution is not that humans evolved from apes just want to make that really clear whether if you believe it or not that's not the theory the theory is that we had a, a common ancestor millions of years ago and apes evolved in their own way and we've evolved in our own way you know we branched off we didn't like literally the so a lot of people they're very calm i know you didn't say this but a lot of people will say well if evolution is real why they're still apes like ape, apes evolve too apes are our final product of their lineage yeah. just as we are of us that is the theory whether you believe it or not but i just want to make that clear that oh yeah people I, did not come from apes it wasn't <laughs> it's something akin to an ape or something even more right. well you would have to go down the line because there's extinct species of humans like homo erectus you know uh stuff yeah. like that but homo that's hab- homo habilis that's the story, you know, and that's a it's a, a it's, inter- right, right. it's an interesting story. The, I don't I don't think is. it's much more than a story though. That's what I that's that's my contention is that like yeah, it's a story. Right. Uh, Rudyard Kipling wrote a lot of stories about how, you know, the leopard got its spots and it's good stories, you know. They're, they're good stories and they they can make sense right. on a certain level, especially to, you know, children and stuff and like um, yeah, I don't have a problem with storytelling, but it's like I I just don't I, I just don't go into it as being like, you know, something yeah. that's proven in, in, right. or something that's fact or that's something that's stupid if you don't believe in it. It's like, well, I don't know. Um, I, I do believe that there are some very smart people that believe in these stories, but there's also some very smart people that are, you know, Scientologists. There's also very, very smart people that are Mormons. They're also very, you know, and they're also educated and they also have, you know, uh, degrees. And, you know, uh, and I believe the same holds true with evolution theory. There's a lot of people that are educated that believe in it, um, but they're they're simply stories. And they're and it's like a it's like a cult. You know, you you kind of enter into this cult and then everything that you see is sort of um, evidence of your belief system. And it's like and I believe it's a a forced interpretation of observations in in the sciences that. uh, lead to this idea that it this, this is science and it's it's really not well i will say uh this i, I mean with people of faith there's like a there's like uh there's like a vested interest you would agree right like that they they want to be right they're not really looking for things that disprove their theory um or their their religion like 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 they want to be right that generally speaking like i'll speak from i'm only speaking for myself here mm. i don't have a vested interest in evolution like if there's something that comes along that is that makes more sense i'm all yeah. for like I, am i i really am after the truth that in my opinion i really am i don't have a vested interest i don't want god to be real i don't want god to be fake i don't or not you know i, I, I it's like but when i feel people of faith like they invest so much of their lives in it they they want it to be real, so they're not really looking for. Um, they're not necess- They're not stupid. They're just. They're just not looking for things to disprove it necessarily. Yeah, in theory, I mean, I, I, a scientist is supposed to be unbiased. In theory, 
I, in theory, right, but there is no actual <laughs> evidence that uh, the so-called scientific establishment has a sort of immunity from, you know, these confirmation biases and stuff that they will point out and a lot of you know people that are atheists or darwinists and stuff like too like they they can see it clearly with uh let's say mormons or with um christians or or um you know scientologists or somebody like that they'll say well they're biased you know they want to believe that and yeah you know they claim to have evidence like you know you could go to a scientologist and say well, what is this evidence that you have all these so-called phaetons running around in your body? And they said, well, we have an e-meter right here. We can hook you up and show you. That's evidence, dude. I mean, that's they could show you evidence. And it's like, well, I don't accept that. It's like, why? So why? So if so, hypothetically, Josh, if somebody was going to take you and hook you up to an e-meter and show you that you respond a certain way to the, with the, the galvanic skin response and stuff like that, where they can, you know, demonstrate to you that, yeah, you have these thetans in your body. What would make you reject that? It, it well, it, it does come off more as like a, like a fantasy uh, type thing. Like it's not, mm-hmm. yeah. it, 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 I mean, there's a lot wrong with it. I mean, it, I, it's, it's it's not really a matter, the grand scheme of things, saying that that God. Is, I, I'm I'm never going to debate whether God exists or not because it's something you can't prove. But well, something like that to me is kind of ridiculous. Kind of go on a more like a epistemology, like what what is more? What, why is something? Re, why is one thing reasonable to believe in and and something else is not? Well, I well if you're comparing like stuff like evolution to uh, religion, I think there's like there's tons of there's um like fossil evidence of uh i mean you would agree that there's a lot there's things that no longer exist right that existed at one time i've i've heard vaguely things yeah like uh like you could see ammonite fossils that did you know that like over 90 i i don't know the exact figure but it's it's 90 it's up in the uh, it's 95 or 90 of all fossils, 95%, 96%, something like that, of all fossils that have ever been found have been like, like sea, yeah, trilobites, stuff like that. Um, I believe it. Cause it's and, supposed to be tw- I've yeah. heard there's 20,000 species of trilobites. So. An actual mammalian type or ver- vertebrates is like 0.001% or something yeah. like that. It's like very, especially very... Especially with primates. Yeah. Um, I, meant, I, I tried looking this up before this, and I couldn't really find why, but I've heard this before that primate fossils are primates don't um they don't fossilize well and um i don't know why so mm-hmm. uh, but i i have heard that there's a there's a some of the there's like a giant ape that exit that you know that they found like the jawbone out of teeth of mm-hmm. but that's all they found yeah and then uh, like you could be Gigantopithecus. right yeah and then they'll, they'll tell you that uh okay here's you know like lucy uh this famous right. skeleton and then this she's, is a i think she's an austrian austrian i'm not sure if i pronounced that right but uh, yeah some of those are hard that's to pronounce, the gist of it yeah some <laughs> yeah. kind of a latin terminology yeah, put that, to it and that's not even like um you know how there's like homo like the, the genus homo like homo sapien homo erectus homo habilis mm-hmm she, she's not even in that genus. She's, like, before that. Yeah. Have you seen the uh, – it was, like, a PBS 
documentary and it's talking about Lucy and uh, it shows Owen Lovejoy and he and he and he takes the hip bone and he grinds it down on his bench grinder because initially when they found it it was um, oh see the the hip is curved and it's like it's it's more like a chimp but we know right. this is not the case so they grinded it down made it kind of flatten it out and they said oh see now it's more human like and it's like well if you can tamper with evidence like that yeah you could pretty much make a case for just about anything so um i i i tend to you know i, I tend to dismiss that kind of stuff i don't i don't think that's well, very uh, compelling. It's so, what it is i mean i didn't see exactly what you're saying but it is it is I, I think it is something. I don't think these fossils are like nothing. They're, they're, they're clearly. Do, do scientists know exactly what they look like? Probably not. Um, but I, I do believe that they are. They are like extinct um, species that are no longer here. I mean, I, mm. if, 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 we're, if I just feel if we're disputing that, it's hard for me to really go from there. <laughs> like, but um, I. Yeah, but I mean, there's like amateur fossil hunters that find stuff. Yeah, but would you agree that um, you have to, just like I was talking about earlier with the e-reader on the on the Scientologist, don't yeah. don't you have to go into it with a bit of faith in the presenter in order for them to correctly interpret those fossils for you? Because they interpret, they're not prima like facie evidence. Look like, or how they fit into the evolutionary. Tree. Well, yeah, how how they support or evolution. Both. The Darwin's theory. Oh, how they support evolution. Yeah, because that's what okay, we're well, discussing. This is this is the thing. Like, if 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 we're definitely if we're finding species that no longer exist, and we can we can agree. We might not agree what they look like or what they are, but we agree that this this doesn't exist anymore, right? The question is, where, why, like, if how are things no longer here and new things are around? Now, if the mm. answer is not evolution, is the answer, do you think it's still up for debate? You're not sure, or do you have an answer? Oh, why Why are there so many extinct species? Like, well, like is that the question? Things that exist today didn't always exist, right? I like, see. Now, this is all based on these uh, the, this um, presupposition so, that there's oh, this okay. uh, ge geologic column that's sort of been laid down over millions and millions of years and then you can go down and dig and then find this layer right and right. then now when you actually get into examining that dude i'm telling you it's actually preposterous it's it it is completely nonsensical they'll show you a fossilized fern for example okay. and it's like detailed and just pristinely preserved fern leaf and I said, okay, so this got fossilized somehow, obviously. Um, and then, you know, okay, so if you're going to exhume this out of, of, of the, you know, take it out of the ground, you're observing it, and then their, their contention is, well, this, this became fossilized over aeons, you know. So fossilization takes a long, long time. Um, my question would be, okay, how the hell does that, Leaf say stay so pristine during this whole long drawn out process of fossilization. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense because if you do a cross section of the the strata or wherever it was found in, they say, well, even so much as a quarter of an inch would represent thousands of years, 
even if you go down to a width of a human hair, that would be, uh, you're still in the thousands of years range according to the uh, evolutionist presuppositions about the ages of the earth and everything. So it's, it really gets into some, I mean, f really far-fetched shit, man. When you, when you really examine the claims that they're making and um, I, I just don't buy, I don't buy into any of that, man. I don't think fossilization to that leaf uh, took millions or thousands, even thousands or even hundreds of years to fossilize. There's just no possible way. Okay, so your issue isn't necessarily with the fossil. It's that your, your issue is with the age. My issue right. is with a lot, a lot of different things, but, I mean, if we want to kind of kind of steer it back into evo evolution, I mean, that's the thing about it. I mean, you can go all over the board, at, you know, uh, paleontology, geology, uh, molecular biology, and all this, so many different uh, aspects to this whole um, over overarching claim of evolution theory so it's, yeah. it's so you can kind of go off on a tangent any any kind of different direction but right. um yeah so i well let me ask you like what what do you think is the most compelling evidence for evolution theory that's available today um generally speaking i think it's a lot of factors like i said i was using the example that if animals are related to each other, if we're going to concede that animals, if we're going to concede a tiger is related to a lion, and I think you don't have to know a whole lot about those things mm -hmm. to see that they're they're somewhat similar, right? And, they, and again, they can also interbreed. So, yeah. again, that's another red flag. I think if things are related to each other, it only makes sense that they came from a common ancestor. Why, if, if nothing was coming from common ancestors, uh, why would any thing look like anything it would just be just a huge coincidence i mean like something like a marsupial which is like a huge group of animals that don't even look anything alike but they have that common thing they have like the, the baby that is born that very like cannot move on its own barely and it goes inside a pouch and it kind of develops in the pouch but a, a, mm. a, a koala looks nothing like a kangaroo so it, it, and there's like wombats and you know tasmanian yeah. tigers these are all things that have that feature like why do they have that feature now the simple answer, the, the counter answer to that, a lot of people just say, well, you know, it's just God's way. God made them that way. I don't think that's your answer. I don't know you enough, but I don't think that's your answer. Um, well, I, I believe that. I, I believe in, I, I think the best explanation is a, a creationist point of view. Somehow, you know, you know I, yeah, I believe in God and I believe God created uh, life on the planet. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't have, I, I, uh, but is that because I believe that's what the that's what the um, evidence best supports that I don't, I don't it, the idea that with it you know back to what evolution claim is claiming that uh, all this stuff can be accounted for through some random process and it's like no nah, that's not even uh, it's not even viable at all. Uh -huh. Um, do you, so you don't think it's possible that some people, I'm not saying I believe this, but some people believe that God created evolution, like he willed it. No, then the question is, what do you mean by evolution? The ability for, uh, species uh, to change, species to change. Right. No, time, I, I think that's, basically. well, like I, like I stated earlier, I, I don't, I'm not even contending that, um, animals have, have ability to, to adapt or change. 
I think that's right. been Depends observed. The limit to it, though. That's been observed limit. before Darwin. You know, domesticated animals. You could, you could. Right. Uh, I mean, just take um, like a domesticated turkey. You know, it's like compare it to a wild turkey. Right. There's this vast difference. Well, they're oh, yeah. the same type of animal, too, yeah. but they've been selectively right. bred for specific traits and. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they won't they won't fare well in the wild I'm pretty yeah. sure of that but that doesn't prove Darwin it doesn't even uh, it's, it's not I mean that, like I said that was observed way before Darwin came along now he's content like the, the, the Darwin theory is saying well you can keep breeding a turkey and you can you can breed it into an entirely different animal given enough time because these adaptive changes are, are, are cumulative they'll they'll build up and that there's just no evidence for that, man. That's that's what I'm saying. I mean, I wouldn't say that. I guess it just depends on like what you believe. Like, if you're not, it, there's like multiple steps to like um, believing in evolution. And if you're not believing in the fossil evidence, that kind of like pit pits kind of you know kind of like a halt to the whole thing because like you're already kind of contending that there's something fishy about the fossil evidence. So if you're contending there's something fishy about the fossil evidence, like what, right like that, specifically what fossil? Well, I mean. well, you're basically like this fossils of all, uh, you know, animals that like say like a, a saber toothed cat, which would be like a predecessor to uh, our living cats of today. Uh-huh. Um, but um, like I said, it depends. Like if you're if you're not if you're not believing that that thing existed, or you believe in something fishy about that then it's very easy to dismiss the whole thing because a lot of evolution isn't really about, well, look at this turtle. It changed into a bird. It's more about things that have come and gone. And, you know, that's where we're, like, say you go back to the, the Ice Age or, like, the Triassic or the Dryas. Those are all, like, animals that would eventually um, be, like, a modern version of those, like, extinct giant rhinos and woolly rhinos. Like, all these... So it depends, like, if you're, if you're mm-hmm. kind of discounting that... That, that that's a huge part of it. So it's kind of it's it's more of like how it's hard to like for me to really like go on with it more. Like say like say like a woolly mammoth. You think there's pretty sufficient evidence that those existed? I yeah, I don't have a problem with woolly mammoth or saber tooth tigers or anything like that. Yeah, well, I'm saying so. They're, they're, they're a variation on a. They're a variation of a kind of animal. Uh, I, the same, yeah. It'd be like, yeah. okay, so what if people stop breeding chihuahuas? Does that mean Darwin was right? It's like, nope. Does it say chihuahuas go extinct because nobody breeds them anymore and they just go extinct? Does that mean Darwin yeah. was right? No. It's like that's the, – the, see, Darwin is never – nothing that we've s- said so far even establishes Darwin in no way, shape, or form. I mean, uh, changes observed in animals or adaptations don't prove Darwin because that that would that would it would be a law right now instead of a a theory. So that's that's not proof of Darwin. You well, got to get you got to get specific about exactly what are you what are you uh, claiming. I, I think with evolution, I think it's always going to be kind of one of those things where it's always going to be considered um, a theory no matter how much evidence or maybe lack therefore evidence there is because it's not something that really matters. And by that, I mean it's not like climate change where people can debate about that. 
But like whether climate change is real or not, it kind of matters because we have to do something about it if it is real, right? But uh, with evolution, if it if evolution isn't true, it's not like it's really affecting anybody. Or if it is true, it's not affecting anybody either. It's just kind of a thing. And if you're not really interested in it, it doesn't affect your daily life. Or a global warming would, right? Well, it does so have feel. It does have some. I think ideas matter, and I think that they do, uh, they no, do they, have they, philosophical they implications to me that, too. that impact. I feel like your average Joe just goes to work, doesn't give a fuck about anything. Yeah, he, it might not matter to him. Well, yeah, you know what I'm I, saying. Yeah, I don't, I, but that doesn't have any bearing on whether it's uh, scientific or true or not. Oh no, it doesn't. What I'm saying is that it's just it's just never something that's going to be. Let's let's hypothetically say it's true. Right? Just hypothetically, mm-hmm. it's not something that people are going to be like, you have to believe in this because if not, we're all screwed, you know, because it doesn't matter if people don't believe in it or not. It doesn't really have any real world like bearings on us. So that's why I know you were saying that's why it's not considered law. It's considered theory. Like I said, in my, I, I'm not really here to convince anything. I'm just really here to express what I think. So I do think it's pretty much proven, but at the same time, I'm willing to entertain uh, other ideas. Uh, otherwise, what's the point of having a discussion? Yeah. But at the same time, I don't think it's ever going to be like this is definitely true because it doesn't have like a bearing on everyday life. I, th- I, I would disagree with that. I think it has a direct bearing on uh, people's attitudes toward life, towards uh, their relationship to other people, their relationship to perceived authority. Uh, it's it's got a it's got some very profound philosophical implications, and that's there's no doubt about. It. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, there, it's um, it's it's a definitely demonstrably political. Um, that they just we just had this uh, Dover trial thing with. Uh, now, if it's not political, how the hell does a judge have the final word on what science is, Josh? That doesn't make any damn sense. It's obviously political. It's obviously political posturing going on and in and to have the sort of monopoly on a worldview is very powerful it's very influential and there's it's, it's no doubt political and it's no doubt influential and it no doubt has a lot of um uh per- persuasive power on selling certain other ideas as well it's, it's sort of an underpinning for some other ideas that are, are right. being pushed. And, um, and I think that one, one thing, too, to be observed about it is that it's sort of a philosophy that favors uh, sort of these artificial hierarchies that are put in place right now. It's like, well, survival of the fittest. Well, why are they the fittest? Because they're the ones ruling. They're the ones with the most money. They're the ones at the top. So they're the fittest. So therefore... Uh, they're basically like God on earth. They're the highest form of the highest form. And if they want to take now and direct evolution, because it's an unguided random process, and now uh, there's plenty of documentation to back this up. I'm not making this up. Uh, that they're, they're contending, they say it's something that we should do, is we should guide and direct evolution. We should um, do things like maybe eradicate um, all the differentiation among individuals and make everyone to, you know, make the common man into sort of like this uh, hermaphrodite uh, uh, um, 
no specific race that can be identified and all this stuff. There's a lot of people that are contending for this. And it's like, okay, if we evolved and it's a random process, well, why not let the fittest among us decide where evolution is going to go? That's where I'm talking about this philosophical implications of this idea. So, yeah, it's very important that this idea is challenged. And I challenge it on the basis that there is just no evidence for it. And there, it has not been established. There's, there's evidence piling up that uh, the mechanism that is proposed for it is totally inadequate. It doesn't explain anything in biology. Um, the only thing they have to s- prop it up is these just-so stories. They used to say that your appendix was a proof of uh, a vestigial organ as a holdover from... Uh, your your ancient past and, it, and that's just not true turns out that it has uh, a pretty vital role in building your immunity and building up your gut flora and everything that's that so it's, yeah. so it's a dangerous idea too it's it has direct uh impact so if you go around and you've had your spleen taken out or if you had your tonsils taken out stuff like that you're going to have problems for the rest of your life and that was all done through a motivation of this Darwinist evolutionist presupposition, they also believe that 98% of DNA has no function. That that favors an evolutionary interpretation. Now they're finding out that that's not true, and they're finding out that well, this evolu- evolutionary presupposition has probably set back uh, genetic science for uh, uh, pretty significantly. Because it was always just a so. How does it advance science if you can just chalk something up to being a product of random chance that doesn't have any function? Uh, but see, they're claiming the opposite—that belief in God and belief that everything is designed and has a purpose is harmful to science. But you can't show any, you can't demonstrate that. But see, I can show examples of where evolution theory has obviously hindered science and investigations into into scientific inquiry based on these evolutionary presuppositions so yeah it does it does it does matter that the the people believe in this or not uh i I agree it matters too but i'm probably going in a little bit of an opposite direction but uh just just to clarify this is not this is not saying that you believe it in any way shape or form but you literally think there's you literally think there's zero evidence towards evolution like nothing that could be sort of Com- at it. Common descent, common descent, and random mutation and natural selection having any kind of creative power. Yeah, I don't, that, those things that I just yeah, so mentioned it's like, have like no something evidence. That you could sort of. So you, but what I'm saying is like you think there's some something out there that can kind of be in favor of it, or you think there's literally zero evidence, like literally zero. Of common descent, no, there's no evidence of, of, of evidence of evolution in general. Like, just is, is there just something you can viably say that okay, that kind of makes sense? Like, or you think there's nothing out there? Well, if evolution, you mean common descent? As a no, I don't. There's no evidence for that. Um, that one animal evolves from another. No, that one. Yeah, one. One kind of animal is a uh, is a predecessor to another animal. Right. Different kind of but, animal. Right, so you, so you're not saying a different type of feline or a different type of uh, candid. You're saying a turtle from a snake, or a turtle like, into a dog. Something it's that happening, right? So something. Well, that wouldn't happen because it's reptiles and mammals are just 
again, I'm but they have a common ancestor. So whatever. So what? Do. So tell me, what was the common ancestor between a turtle and a dog? Well, um, there was something called like the Metrodon. Yeah. Which was like a proto mammal. I'm not saying that that is the missing link. I'm not saying that. But, but you it don't was know. Something that you don't know. No, 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 no. I'm saying that it's something that that is like kind of like not quite a mammal, but wasn't a reptile either. And so you so, have that. You have uh, evidence of that having that existed. The, that the metrodon exi- that the metrodon existed, or that it wasn't a, a reptile, or that it was demonstrably an in-between state between mammals and well, reptiles. I don't think it actually. I think what they're saying is that it didn't directly evolve, but it's a, it's an example of like an evolutionary like. Um, okay, so you don't thing. know. I mean, you really don't have any idea. Well, like I said, I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to like cheat. Um, I don't have the internet by me. I, I read a lot of stuff. Some of it goes in and out. Uh, yeah. You know, there's a lot but of you, names. <laughs> but you believe it's there. You believe Metrodon existed, I, and that's that was where they split off. Definitely exists. Um, Forty forty four point four million years ago or something like that maybe even before the dino it existed before the dinosaurs and this is okay six, when i'm saying 75 million i'm not saying <laughs> yeah. them to debate i'm saying them as what that's what yeah. is out there yeah you'll hear a lot of people uh speak like that they'll say well see now you need to go back 75 million years it's like uh yeah i didn't see i uh, you're going back millions of years and billions of years stuff like that that's that sound, that's an extraordinary claim, for one thing, that you can have, a, that you can have any bearing or any idea of what transpired right. 75 million years ago. That's, well, that's a I, wild claim that's really far out there. Yeah. Well, the thing is, it's science, science is constantly evolving. Like, when we first discovered dinosaurs, we, did, we didn't think of them as we think of them now. Like, it's, science isn't, the answers just aren't given to us. We, you know, we're doing, they do research, they discover new things. Science... Are, Scientists are wrong all the time. Yeah, so, but the but on the other hand, you have this dogma that's undeniable. Where, you, especially, you get on the internet, you start going around. It's like, oh, you idiot! You don't believe in evolution. It's like, well, give me some reason to believe in it, and they can't explain it or can't tell you in their own words. They're going to refer you to go get a degree. That's 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 idiotic. Yeah, well, I don't. I mean, I, don't, I think what, I'm what's trying the point? to explain it. I'm not telling. I'm not telling you to go read read about it, it uh, no but, but this, i have people i've had people you should watch that uh that video on my youtube channel uh, atheist experience uh logical fallacies are bread and butter where i where i did a i called in and i talked to that uh matt Matt dylan haney guy and um i was just pointing out that like um you know say he's a believer in evolution he's, he he states right. that it's a fact and I'm just pointing out that it's like, well, everything that he gives as evidence for this evolution theory is um, you can go and look up a list of logical fallacies and see where, okay, so he made appeals to authority. He made an he made a, a unsubstantiated claim based on something that, you know, this, this third party uh, investigated and saying, well, that's, that's proof of evolution. He, he was specifically talking about the um, uh, supposed uh, chromosome 2 in humans that are, is supposedly establishes a link between uh, the common ancestor between humans and apes that Ken Miller is, uh, right. he, he, that's attributed to him. 
uh, he referred to that. He referred me to that because I was asking, okay, what's in, what's the, what's empirical? What can you observe directly? That's you know, evidence of evolution. So it's like that's not that's not empirical. Referring me to a paper is not empirical. That's just not. Um, I could, I could, I could still uh, accept that Ken Miller did some observations, probably. Um, but see now, are his interpretations are those correct? That's that's that, that's what's in that's what's in contention here. And it's like, um, it, so you, so you know, I break that down logically. You know, if if he's making a claim based on his observations, right. like how does he how, how does he uh, substantiate this claim? But see, you know, you get all these different variant claims that supposedly back up this theory. Uh, when you go to explore them or examine them, they break down because they don't hold up under scrutiny or under logic. That's that's been my experience. But um, well, you would yeah. contend that a chimpanzee, somewhat similar to a human, uh, on a very like uh, simple level, on like a visual level, you would say a chimpanzee. Yeah, superficially there is uh, similarities. Right. Um, but then if that establishes Darwin, then it's case closed. See, the comparative morphology is what you're always going to be referred to. And it's like, well, if that establishes Darwin, then it's case closed. But see, that was already observed well before him. Like I said, uh, his his claim is distinct in that he's Darwin is claiming that uh, this is this is evidence of common descent. And um, that's that's the thing under that's the thing that's being contended. Uh, not that animals adapt. Not that there's morphological similarities between different types of animals. The the general consensus is like something like something like a monkey, mm-hmm. further away from a human, and there's like a lemur further away from a human. Not even going into like the DNA and the chromosomes and you know all that sciencey stuff just by visual things you could say well a monkey kind of looks like a person but not as much as a chimp and i know you you say that those observations were made way before um darwin but i'm actually curious to know when did the civilized world know about apes because something like a gorilla was actually um was actually like part of uh, cryptozoology at one point people didn't believe in gorillas till someone actually found one in uh i believe it was like early 1900s i could be wrong on that but was oh, that right think- uh, i didn't know that yeah, people like the people who lived in Africa, but like they're talking about like Europe, like the scientific community. They yeah. they actually didn't know gorillas existed until somebody actually had to capture one and bring it to. No, but I don't know about chimps though. I don't know if chimps if they were aware of chimps before gorillas. Oh, I'm sure because the British, you know, they've they've been all up in India. You know, it, it, monkeys are crawling all over the place in India, so they had to yeah. know. About so we're talking monkeys about specifically apes. monkeys, not chimpanzees. Maybe not. Chimpanzees, I don't know about chimps. Only in Africa. And, and they're also tech. They're, I know it's a, it's a thin line to some people, but there is a distinct difference between an ape and a monkey. Yeah, and, but to see, I mean, so like a new world monkey and an old world monkey are actually supposedly very different. Yeah, like a new world monkey meaning something that lives a monkey lives in South America. They have the tails that can like use right. as a fifth appendage where the old world monkeys can't. Yeah. Well, I so mean, like, like comparative things here and there. Comparative morphology. You ever, you ever heard of the sheep's head? Fish. She said fish. Sounds vaguely familiar. So it has, fish, but... has teeth that look awful lot like human teeth. Okay. I mean, Something they're... Something from Paco. 
Yeah, so it's, it's pretty crazy looking. Like you look at they they open their mouth, they, these fish, and they got teeth like human teeth. Yeah, but they have rows yeah. of teeth. But the, I mean the I mean the similarities are very striking. And uh, right. so um, I don't hear anybody making a case that that's that's a direct descendant of humans. But see, you have it's a like a coelacanth. You heard or coelacanth is they found those alive you know but that was there there's yeah. an example of a an ex, that science declared it extinct so there's an example right. for you of uh, right. something that is def, definitely not extinct because they catch them alive yeah. today yes. and um so and, and then there's another thing too about this claim of uh, e- extinct species you know because that's going to paint a picture of you know millions and millions of years of evolution and then there's like oh we could go dig up all these extinct species from the past showing that everything is going extinct and then it's like well then there's also uh, the flip side of that where only 15% of all species on the earth have yet been discovered so we still have like 85% of all species yet to discover on the planet so that's those are in contrast, I believe. So then again, too, it's begs the question, and then you have to define what is what actually is a species. And yeah, well, I mean, I, I think it's the thing is that with science, there's exceptions to the rules. I think you could um, describe a species, but it's not like for the most part, different species can't interbreed, but some species can interbreed. So, like I said, there's exceptions. Um, that's the thing. Like I think you want what you're saying is that you're kind of being suspicious of how many things were extinct um yeah well, years, what, so. what, when they say when you what is the claim i mean it's that there's like 99 uh, every 99 of everything has gone extinct has gone extinct it's yeah but what does that even mean though it's like is that so you can go back and you can According to science, you can dig up a crocodile that's 150 million years old. Okay. You could put it side by side with a crocodile living today, and I defy you to, to tell me the difference. Now, th- is that an extinct species of crocodile that they're claiming is another example of an extinct species? Because this particular crocodile had two nodules behind its eyes. And so, therefore, it's a different species. Well, also, size, therefore, it counts as ninety as the part of the ninety-five percent. Hmm. See, that's where all of this yeah, breaks well, down. You start to examine it, and the logical uh, glue that holds the theory together disintegrates. Well, um, uh, Sarcosuchus is a, and uh, forgive me if I'm pronouncing it wrong, is a extinct species of crocodile. And it was far larger than anything that exists today. But do we? How big was it? Around, I believe it was around fifty feet long. No, I saw a crocodile at the Singapore Zoo, and they said that sucker was almost thirty feet. And that, I was, it was freaking unbelievable. I didn't, I had right. no clue that that crocodile's got that big, or is that oh, yeah. an crocodile? It was like a, so. It's probably a saltwater crocodile, which is generally the largest species. Yeah, so is it another example of a coelacanth where maybe there is 50-foot crocodiles possibly somewhere, maybe in Africa or somewhere? I mean, a species that large, and I could I could be off on the lens. It could be even bigger. It's at least 50. Like I said, I'm not I'm not trying to, like, quote-unquote, I don't know. I'm not trying to, quote-unquote, cheat by looking shit up. I'm trying to go off, you know, things I remember. Um, it could be even larger than that. There's but that would be an example of uh, an extinct species so it's like but right, it's still exactly. a crocodile 
it's not it's not something that's completely distinct from everything the that we know of. Crocodilian. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I, it's like that doesn't really. I don't see how it supports Darwin. I really don't. Well, you don't see how um, an extinct primitive form of something would uh, give birth to a, a more of a modern version or a different version. Yeah, but when you Just say when you say primitive form, that presupposes the thing that you're trying to argue for. I'm not. I I I, I uh, primitive probably wasn't the right word to use. Uh, a different version because primitive doesn't necessarily mean it was like less equipped or not as strong or it was less equipped for the environment possibly um the coelacanth living today is not the same coelacanth they're finding fossil of it's it's similar where they're calling it a coelacanth but it's still a different version yeah it just looks practically indistinguishable now i'm sure they can go into some scientific technicals and tell you how it's not the same thing but by all appearances, it's it's it'd be the whatever differences there would be would be on appear for appearance sake trivial. So to build some kind of strong case based on something like that, I just see yeah, that's where I'm saying that the evidence right. sort of is very paper thin, wafer uh, tissue thin uh, fabric. What about something we're like about. a sauropod, the long necked dinosaurs? Uh, there's nothing like that that lives today. I was actually reading a book. Um, that actually made a point. This isn't really. This isn't necessarily proving my point at all, but I'll, I'll say it anyway. Um, they were saying that they found there's like supposedly there's tons of species of sauropods. If you look this up, there's like mm. 20, 30 species of sauropods just in South America alone. And they were saying that it doesn't make sense that so many species of gigantic animals would live side by side because that doesn't really happen. You know, they were like. T- 10 times bigger than elephants and there's really only elephants so how can mm. an environment support so they were they were saying that they're not really sure where these species fit in are they 30 different species are they variations of four species uh, so that uh, so that's why I kind of can see what you're saying um, but that's the thing you have to contend like something like that's the thing do you believe that um, something like sauropods existed or you think there's still evidence up for grabs on that I don't know that they don't exist now. I mean, there's another there's really? another presupposition that says that that well, I mean, they say I've read this. I could pull up the article probably if you want me to. It's like that we have still yet to discover most of the species on the planet. Right. Uh, as, as far as science goes, so uh, it's like yeah, to make like any really strong claim based on. Uh, you know whether a species exists or not like is it like so coelacanth when they found one of those alive did it upturn did it upturn evolution theory no of course not see it's unfalsifiable too that's another thing about evolution theory is it cannot be falsified so therefore it's really not it doesn't even operate as a scientific theory because in order for it to operate as a scientific theory it has to be falsifiable it's not falsifiable. So you're saying you're saying that there's really nothing that, kind of like what I was saying about God, there's really nothing that you could discover that would necessarily disprove it. That's, That's what you're saying, right? Yeah, I mean, what, what what would you say would disprove evolution? What theory? would disprove evolution? I know what you're saying. I, I I completely understand what you're saying, and I think conversations like this are important because yeah. even if somebody 
doesn't believe in anything you're saying, it will make them work harder. It will make them try to find the answers. And I think that's good. Um, <laughs> or maybe, if to, you know, coming from my point of view, I think it's good because it makes people try to find these answers. Um, that's a really good question that what would be a discovery that would find it. You, you know, you might have a point there that they're probably really wouldn't it be like a smoking gun per se that would disprove it. Well, yeah, any any viable theory is, is uh, it's I, I forget the it could be disproven, right? What it is based on, yeah. It, there was a famous scientist kind of uh, he kind of uh, pointed that out. It's just sort of yeah. something that's generally accepted in science yeah. that any scientific theory that's proposed has to be falsifiable. It's or it's it's got to right. be there's got to be some possibility of it being proved wrong or else it's not a workable theory. In and a I, way, it's similar to, to, to God. You really can't prove that God doesn't exist. Or, yeah, or like so I've heard people say, or the, there's, a, there's a teacup orbiting Jupiter. You know, like, what, how do you falsify that? Right, you have to go have, there. But, so right. you can say anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. I mean, yeah, I would... You can say there's a... Yeah. Yeah. So, what, what, what would what would falsify evolution? You know, well, you know what? I'm um, if, if something comes to me, I will definitely bring it up. But right now, I'm tending to agree with you that there really isn't anything that I can think of that would necessarily falsify. I don't think that necessarily makes it any less valid. Like that alone doesn't make it less valid per se. But I do agree that. It would you would have a hard time finding something. I mean, unless <laughs> anything short of God opening up the clouds and saying, "I'm God, I made everything." You know, other than that, uh, I don't really have a good answer for you. I'll, I'll be honest. I, I tend to agree there would be a smoking gun. Yeah, I had to look that up. It's actually attributed to Karl Popper, Basic Scientific Principles, Falsifiability. I never thought of that. I'll, I'll give you that. Um, falsifiability, let me give you the definition real quick so I don't misrepresent it. It's, uh, it's defined as uh, by the philosopher Karl Popper defines the inherent testability of any scientific hypothesis. Science and philosophy have always worked together to try to undercover truths about the world and the universe, blah, blah, blah. Let's see, it's trying to get down to what... Yeah, basically, it's it's yeah. Uh, that was pretty much accurate. It, it has to be. Uh, it, you know, you're making your hypothesis. It has to be make predictions, which uh, yeah. evolutionists claim that the theory of evolution has this great explanatory power, and they'll point out that like, um, well, we know that viruses uh, change and like like with if, sure and like. Adapt, so we wouldn't be able to make vaccines, and we'd be screwed if we didn't know about evolution theory. It's like, okay, now how is that? Now, if you, so you you have this observation that viruses adapt or change. How does that have any bearing on whether evolution is true or not? And how does it? How is having an understanding of evolution that things do change when you can directly observe them changing? That doesn't. You see what I'm saying? And that will always be held out as 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 an example where. The um, evolution theory had this predictive power that was uh, greatly beneficial in moving medical science forward. And it's like, that's, that's not logical, dude. Like, you can make an observation. That observation stands on its own. You can make the observation that th these viruses adapt. How does that – maybe you can explain to me how believing Darwin has any impact on that observation. 
I don't think it necessarily does. I don't. Think it wouldn't. Necessarily. No, obviously I, not. I don't, but why I don't is think that? It's if there's all this evidence for evolution and its and its validity and its value in the sciences, why do they point shit like that out all the time? Or sickle cell anemia as a as an example of beneficial mutation? <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous, dude. Well, I think there are some people that don't believe even in that. I think there are some people that don't believe. Like, I don't know. I don't think there's some people that believe that species can change at all. So I think if there's dude, if there's evidence for it, then you don't have to make a case based on sickle cell anemia. That's to make a case based on sickle cell anemia is 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 demonstrable of the fact that they don't have anything else. They don't have any beneficial mutations, which is the whole theory rests on beneficial mutations because beneficial mutations is what drives species forward, is what is responsible for all the uh, variability and the diversity of life on the planet. That is the Darwinist contention. And if they have to go to sickle cell anemia to show an example of that, dude, how bankrupt is the theory? Now, that's evidence that this is faith-based, and they just want to latch on to any thin straw that they can to point and to substantiate their theory. And there's just countless examples of this, man, where it's just like they want so strongly want to believe because it's it's it's, it's a cult. Um, this uh, and 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 the general populace in general. Uh, they don't look at it this way because they were conditioned and brought up through the public school system and everything to defer to this authority that's uh, um, backed up by, you know, everything you see around you and you're exposed to as a child growing up. And then it, you know, as you become an adult, you get exposed to this scientific council that's allegedly out there and they believe in this idea. And it's like, here's one thing that I would like anybody listening to this and, and, and you too, Josh, to take away from this is like challenge the premise of it. Just in the fundamental premise, premise is like evolutionary theory rests on this one idea is that um, there's a bunch of smart people that are scientists that believe in it. Challenge the premise, challenge that premise. And then you really don't have anything to base evolution theory on if you if you remove the foundational premise of that perceived authority, you'll have to establish that they're immune from uh, biases and uh, groupthink and all the other things that beset every other human institution. And that's, that's what I'd like to challenge anybody that believes in evolution. I'd like to challenge them on that one point. Um, right, but I think that the the evidence they're using, like you said, is is fossilized animals that had similar features, mm-hmm. and uh, so but living animals have similar features. They do, but yeah. um, a lion didn't. Again, I'm going with the theory. I'm going with what the general theory is. Um, a lion didn't evolve into a tiger. Stuff that stuff that's alive today didn't evolve into each other. They're more or less, with some exceptions. The bear is kind of an exception to that. For the most part, like things slowly evolved from things that no longer existed. And some, and just to go back to the thing of sauropods, it's the, a giant hundred foot animal existing is a little far fetched as opposed to a coelacanth, which lives very, very deep in the ocean. That's something that could kind of like be missed. I know you brought up that a lot of species haven't been found yet, but most of those are like pretty much insects and like kind of like different types of mice and very small animals like to find a new large animal is very rare well like Like, we just got through agreeing on that the overwhelming majority of all fossils ever collected are um 
uh, are invertebrates, uh, sea animals, Tri uh, yeah. trilobites, right. uh, ammonites, uh, that that sort of thing. Um, the thing could be that the conditions for them were just better. Like there's the tarp, the the tar pits in California where it is like dire wolves and saber tooth cats. They that was a good, good uh, environment for those animals to be found. Mm -hmm. possible fossil fossilization is is a rare occurrence to find like an entire. Uh, dinosaur skeleton isn't like it's extremely extremely rare uh, oh yeah, where yeah trial bites lived for like they they were around a very long time and they were probably very numerous like think of uh think of ants compared to like uh an elephant how many more ants are there than elephants so just by that we're gonna we're gonna have more examples of uh that type of fossil um but like I said, it depends on like uh, how it depends on where where your problem starts. Do you have a problem with how old the Earth is? Do you have a problem with? Do you accept that certain species are like? Do you believe it? it something can be extinct. Like obviously, you, you can believe you believe in that, correct? Oh, a particular type of animal being extinct. Um, the species I, could be extinct. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. I don't. I don't see right. how that makes a case for Darwin. No, it doesn't. But like I said, it all leads. It all. It all kind of. There's not one particular thing that proves evolution. It's many things, if it's true at all. It's not. The well, yeah, like, like I you, said earlier, there's also evolutionary marketing, which is which they say that's it's backed up by Darwinism. That uh, right. uh, you know uh, your, your evolutionary uh, past and makeup it has the impact on what kind of floor wax you'll buy. Stuff like that. Is that evidence? I, I don't think so. I, I don't well, really buy I mean, there's But there's tons of claims, dude. I'm not denying kinda, that. There's thousands right. upon thousands. And, 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 and it's wide and varied. And it, in, in, the modern, in the modern mind, Darwin is sort of like the, the god of science. You know, and he's referred to that way. People say that the evolution is the greatest idea ever. You know, it's a, and it's like, um, yeah, it's, it's, but, you know, Here's the thing. It's a fairy tale. It's, it's a fairy tale for adults. And um, there actually is no evidence of this thing having any real explanatory power. Right. Uh, that's, that's what I would contend. I don't, so when you say fairy tale, you're pretty much you're closed. You don't you're, you're closed off to the idea. You don't really well, want evidence. You, you kind of decided that it's not. true. Oh, I know that there's like I just got through stating like, you know, there's claims there's observations like what is science like you're, you're you're making some observations out there in the world right that we got to define what science is sure so what I'm, yeah so yeah so so supposedly this this idea this theory has has uh been backed up by this thing called science what which would imply direct observations out there in the actual physical world yeah. That's the claim. Well, like I said, um, it's it goes by like similarities, and I guess you can you can again chalk it up chalk it up to, to God, if that's what you choose, if that's what you want to do. But there's no doubt that animals, there's families of animals, there's animals that are similar, and there's, they get less and less similar as the family the family tree uh, goes down the line. Like a gorilla and chimp have a have a lot in common. And compared to a spider monkey, eh, a little bit, but not so much. And then compared to a rhinoceros, even less. But they're both mammals. Then you go to like the different groups of, you know, well, a reptile is this, but it's also a, a vertebrate. So a lizard and a 
Ryan will have less in common, but they still have some in common. Then you're going with a beetle, which is an animal, but it's also an invertebrate, so they have even less in common. So it, it's kind of go with it, it – even if you don't think it's true, it does kind of make sense how things would spawn off from each other. You know what I'm saying? Because like, as they're as they're as they're branching off in the tree, they're gonna become less and less alike. So even if you think it's a quote unquote fairy tale, there is something to say for that. That you know that these things have something in common, and and that would make sense that they would be from each other, even if they aren't. Right, but then have you heard? Do you know what co uh, convergent evolution is? When when uh, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but is it when something uh, evolves um, kind of similarly, but like from like kind of like a coincidence? Right. Or, so like they're not related. Like a sloth and a monkey. They're not related uh, right. by any depiction of the uh, so-called tree. They're unrelated. They're not. They're separate branches. They're unrelated species. Yet they have the same yeah. uh, morphology. They have the even the same uh, gen, uh, gene sequencing, but they yeah. evolve separately at different instances. So, like one one example would be I, I called uh, Ken Miller up at his uh, university and I just asked him a couple of questions because it was related to um, uh, chromosome two. So he's saying that it's it's the the gene is the same. So he's he's he used the word syntony. It has the same genetic sequencing, and you could see that with the chromosome <laughs> two. Um, and then I I just asked him like you know so there's a lot of this genetic syntony between the DNA of uh, apes and uh, humans. And he's like oh yeah. So it's like so that's that establishes uh, the lineage and. So well, well, yeah, you know, it's like, well, what in? And then I asked him. I said, what in the case of like uh, the, you know, bioluminescence in, in different species of squid, unrelated species of squid, where you have the same genetic syntony and everything like that, and then the conclusion is the opposite, where they're not related. So you have a logical disconnect. Um, you you can make a claim based on a set of observations that establish lineage. You could take the right. same observations in these unrelated species and yeah. then come to the conclusion that they're not related. So that's it's, so in the case of uh, something of bioluminescence. bioluminescence um, I think an example that to give a, a good example would be something like a squid that might have it, and then a fish that might have it. One's an invertebrate. One's a vertebrate. Well, there's uh, this particular right. um, peer-reviewed paper that I was referring to was dealing with um, bioluminescence in squid, unrelated species right. of squid that is is held up as an example of uh, convergent so evolution. I find that odd that they would say unrelated species of squid because even if the species aren't closely related, they had to have been related at some point because they're both squid. So they... They're somewhat related. Yeah, but the bioluminescence is not uh, common throughout the squid oh, kingdom, you know. So, right. A lot of deep-sea animals have been, but I think a better example would be – I know the, the paper you read was comparing two species of squid, but what I feel a better comparison, if I was going to argue your case, would be a squid and a fish that had bioluminescence because a fish is millions and millions and millions and millions of years evolved – from a squid, which is a mollusk, and also an invertebrate, so they're not even on the same. You know, according to evolution, a fish is more 
related to a human than it is a squid. Well, I mean, this, the, 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 the end result is the same where it's a, it's the, according to the claim, it's, it's convergent evolution. In other right, words, right. the, the synteny, the genetic similarity, the sequence specificity that's across the board on both species is, yeah. is uh, not evolutionary significant in that it establishes a relationship. So it's it's, con- it's so the conclusion is that they evolve they separately evolve and just through happenstance happen to have the same sequencing. That's that's the evol- right, that's their right. position. So well, if so, something very specific. What's that again? Um, I was going more broad. Like at mammals have hair to give birth to live young reptiles legs that's i was going more of like a broad sense what you're right but you could what, I, what i'm pointing out here is what i'm trying to trying trying to get to is that you can you can make a case for with evolution theory you can make a case to establish lineage and then you can make a case to establish the opposite it's the the theory is so incredibly flexible dude that it it you can if you find something you can you can use evolutionary explain right. it, and then you could find its opposite, and evolutionary explains that. So it explains everything and its opposite with equal uh, fluidity. It, it's so fluid, so malleable. It's it, I'm it's not, not even disagreeing that there is. I think that's uh, a pretty force. good example of that. What I just pointed out. Oh and no, no, peer-reviewed not, paper. I'm referring to. I'm not just making shit up out of my right, head or right. referring to this creationist thing, literature though. or anything like that. I'm speaking for myself here. Scientists don't have it all figured out. There's some mystery left in the world. Um, now to say it's a coincidence, I guess someone of faith could say, well, God made them be able to see at night at, at, a, at a dark depth because they can't see. I don't know if that's I don't, where you I don't really it. think that you can make the point that the so-called scientific community is not quite dogmatic on evolution having happened. I mean, I, I just brought up the Dover trial where it's like, oh, you can't teach, um, you can't teach anything other than Darwinism because anything other than Darwinism is not science. This is essentially what the end result was. And all everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people that are regarded as, you know, pro-science, they were all celebrating, oh, that's a great uh, outcome of that trial. And it's like, mm. so you really can't. You, you can't reconcile that with the position that, oh, scientists don't know everything and everything is still open to question. And sure, we welcome questions. And that is, no, they don't, dude. They absolutely do not. And that's, that's well, obviously not really, the case. I'm not speak, I, don't, I can't speak for that. But I'm In I, science, the, it's settled. Darwin was right. It's just a matter of sorting out the details as far as they're concerned. Mm-hmm. If you take anything that's out there that's presented, that's definitely what you're going to take away from that is that's the position that it's like it's pretty much set right. in stone. It's pretty much settled. There's there's might be some minor quibbling among the some of the specifics, but Darwin yeah. was right, and and he's being he's being vindicated every day with every new discovery, and that's just not even true, man. That's just not true. And now the cult is still there, and the belief system is still entrenched. Um, when I when I asked specifics to Ken Miller, he had to go to class immediately. He couldn't he couldn't answer my question. And it's like, well, it's a very simple, direct question. There's no it should take like right. two minutes to answer. You know, he. Well, th- I think that's the problem is that if if he if if an actual scientist can't answer these questions, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to. Well, that's uh, that's that's the issue too. It's that. Um, 
normally what you'll get is like, um, well, Chris, you need to talk to a biologist. And, and I just give you an example. I got their call recorded. It's posted up if you want to go check it out. It's at hoaxbusterscall.com. Uh, you could put in Google hoaxbusters call Ken Miller, okay. and it'll probably take you straight to it. But it's, it's, it's an example where, okay, so I did what was required of me. And it's kind of sort of a follow-up to the uh, conversation I had with Matt Dillon Huntney, the He's pretty well known in atheist circles. He, he's been on panels with um, what's the guy Richard Dawkins and all that. So he's right. so uh, the reason why I'm bringing that up is like he, the guy should know his stuff. You know what I mean? He, if he's if he's sure. making a claim and he believes in evolution theory, he should be able to back it up. And, and I and with I'm, that said, don't you think there still could do hypothetically can evolution be true and not everything be exactly sorted out? Well, that's a good point because you could hypothetically, you could have something that's true, and then you could have it just so happens that the you know people I've spoken with just don't have good arguments. That doesn't mean it's false, right? That's that just means not maybe maybe right? not many people have a good argument for it, but that doesn't mean it's true either. And 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 my contention is that it's just not true, and right. I and I have yet to like get any real coherent kind of um, explanation of how exactly what establishes this claim, you know, this, this random mutation giving rise to all the diversity of life claim, which is what I'm contending. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not arguing that animals don't adapt. Uh, Darwin's finches, that's a, I, I believe that's a correct observation that uh, the beaks okay. have adapted to suit the different environments and the different seeds. I believe that's something that's yeah. common in nature. Uh, there's a lot of examples of that type of thing, but here's the thing, Josh. It's like they turn back. It's it's res- the the beak and the morphology and the beaks adapts and changes to environmental conditions of drought and stuff like that. And that's what they've observed subsequent to Darwin. And it's like that's not Darwin's theory. The it's not well, the, the observation is that it's cyclical and it responds rapidly to environmental stressors, not. It's gradual, uh, slight incremental changes over vast aeons of time, which Darwin necessitates. Again, I will say this. We, when Darwin made his discoveries, when he was alive, we didn't really have a concept, a true concept of dinosaurs. We now know a lot of, especially the predatory ones, had feathers. We didn't know that during his time. Um, so it is, it, is, it is safe to say that he might not be necessarily 100% on the money with everything. Uh, with well, that that's sort said, of like uh, that's sort of basic though. His 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 basic fundamental that, that evolution takes premise that based time. on based on his observation of finches. But right. if you look at what I think uh, it could, and I'm referring to peer-reviewed papers, by the way, uh, on this. I'm not I'm not making this up either. That, that you can go you can go pull this stuff up about Darwin's finches, uh, re- rapid rapid uh, morphological changes observed in the beaks and then them returning back to um, the the pre the previous state and going to more of uh, uh, the general population having uh, the similar beak types as the environmental uh, uh, conditions change over over um, relatively my uh, relatively speaking, na- nanoseconds in time on a uh, certainly an evolutionary scale. In the grand scheme of things, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Like I said, I, I, I think he means like more, like um, 
more of like a drastic change, not a little minor. That's like a minor change. It's not a, that's not species of species. It's well, just it, one little thing. Well, like I said, um, it's like where they have like this, uh, I think the pretty good analogy is like Swiss army knife kit of different traits, uh, that, 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 that the organism can, uh, kick in, so to speak, and turn back off, so to speak. Uh, at 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 will at when when they're needed and when they're not needed they recede back and they go to they go back to their previous state stuff like that that stuff's been observed um, that now if the if the mechanism that's being proposed is is random mutations and natural selecting acting on those random mutations that doesn't suit the observation uh, I think it's more something where a change would occur where a species would be turn from one species to another but they're still similar enough but they're now two different species and at that point they wouldn't be able to go back we've never observed that in modern times though we never there's no like there's no there's no new species where we can say this this didn't i think there are you know what i shouldn't say that i think there is an insect or there is but i don't want to use that because i don't have the information in front of me but i think there is like a new insect that didn't necessarily exist but it, it like was like in a cave or something but unfortunately i don't have that information but to say if we to say we we never said oh look at this gorilla now it's a new gorilla you know but it's never been to say it's never been observed in person it hasn't they're, they're, they're going off like i said the fossils similarity stuff like that um it it's it, it does take a like i said lack of a better term a little bit of leap of faith it depends on how open you are to it i think if you want to find flaws in it you're going to find flaws in it and if you want to find truths in it you're going to find truth I, I I'm just addressing the fundamental, the underlying premise of Darwin, which is the right. ra- randomness is what uh, is used to explain. It, I don't, all but the by random though, I think it's because uh, it's like a mutation, like an animal is born of a mutation. If that mutation uh, doesn't serve its environment, it will die off. But if it does, it will continue to carry those genes, and that will create a new species. I think that's the general theory. It doesn't doesn't necessarily mean every time. There's an animal born of something a little different. Hey, that's a new thing now. Yeah. It, it's, but I, I'm just it's saying, kind of like I'm just cr- contrasting that to what what is actually observed in nature, and I've read plenty of peer-reviewed papers and stuff on this type of thing. And what, one right. example is like a, a a type of snake, a species of snake that was um, sort of uh, ended up on this particular island, and it was observed that through a very short span of time that the snake had some drastic morphological changes and that it yeah. was uh it started out like uh they'd only get as long as like a foot long or something like that i'm just kind of just, yeah it's uh, kind of island like dwarfism yeah we're cool. and then it observed after being on the island for about uh 20 years some some odd years that the snakes were the population of snakes were um obviously grow would grow to a longer length and then it was like an right. example of adaptation that happened very rapidly and that sort of thing is observed now it will be held up as an example of snake evolution but but that that's not vast aeons of time it's not anything indicative of a, a slow accre- accumulation of imperceptible so your changes issue is time. with that the time you're saying it's your, your issue is saying that darwin made it sound like it would take tons and tons of time and this is not this is taking a short amount of time well if it's taking a short amount of time and that's what's being observed then the mechanism is fundamentally different than what's proposed is what i'm saying 
Uh, I'm saying um, that since they don't know what 98% of the DNA does, and they're and they're finding out that it's their regulatory genes. That in order, in, uh, in other words, they don't. Um, they're they're not uh, I- instrumental in. Uh, creating proteins that create uh, create morphological morphological structures they're more of like uh sets of instructions on how the protein uh synthesizing genes uh react or or uh create different uh changes or adaptations and that's what they're finding out with this uh in this this so-called encode project now this is what's out there in the literature and out there on the web anybody can look this encode project up and um and this is not darwin's theory man this is something that's that's saying oh life is more complicated than we thought these adaptations are observed to happen rapidly uh, the Linsky experiment actually proves the opposite of what Darwin claimed. Now, then they, they're going to claim that this is an example of uh, the uh, the E. coli bacteria evolving. But what has been demonstrated in other experiments is that you can bring along these uh, the, these adaptations rapidly uh, because they exist in the genome already, and they're just being switched on and off. And it's like that's not Darwin. That's 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 demonstrating something else. But see, it gets conflated with Darwin, and it's and and, and it's and that's because the scientists and this org this organizational culture that's been established uh, that you ha- you have to um, you have to pay obeyance or fealty to this uh, idea, and that these inter- these observations and these experiments have to be shoehorned into Darwin's theory or you're out of the deal. And it's, it's this culture that's been established within this cult of science, uh, uh, the establishment science, that it's well understood, too, that if you don't toe the line and, and, you, and you're not, uh, you know, pushing Darwinism, that you, you're out of the club. Uh, there's exceptions to that, but I think it's pretty well established that if you don't, shoehorn your interpretation your observations into that darwinistic interpretation then you're not you're not playing the game right and uh, they know which side their bread is buttered on they don't buck against the system and it's like it's pretty pretty glaringly obvious at this point i think right and uh as like the the opposite of that you don't you find there's there's money to be made in, in religion uh of course okay of course just, just i'm just wondering um <laughs> yeah uh, so you know um so just out of general curiosity without talking about like what you don't believe in i'm just curious like what what's your what's your like uh basically what do you think the history of life is like you know th- through the years or if you don't know that's fine because i find that to be the acceptable answer like you're still thinking it's up to debate or do you have a general idea i i think you know that that life has this ability to adapt <laughs> and that's that more speaks to the uh, underlying complexity that's there i don't understand it i don't know if i buy into all the claims that uh, I've heard things too that DNA is not the end end all be all for uh, how how things are developed. There's there's other observations that have been made that are sort of uh, set on the back burner. 
there's a lot of different things, but uh, I think that is, is um, something that is uh, universally agreed on. Even even Dawkins said this. He said, he, he said things do appear to be designed, but then he'll contend that they're not, that, that they're a product of random occurrences. Right. So, what do you think? I think that the reason why things look designed is because they are designed and they are designed by an intelligence. Okay. And with that said, you you agree, again, I guess I'm getting hung up on this word species, but do you agree there are, let's just say, types? There are types, many types of animals that don't exist anymore. I'm not just talking about trilobites. I'm talking about... I don't know what that means. I, when you say types, uh, you have to define types. What's well, the... I mean, I don't want to say species because I feel like that's 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 another issue we're having. But uh, yeah. let's, I'll just say species, different species, animals that don't look like the ones we have today. Do you do you agree that they don't exist anymore? Like giant terror birds and giant ground sloths, you know, just stuff that's drastically different than what we have. Yeah, but you're talking about a matter of physical size. Like were things maybe bigger in the past? Yeah, I, I don't. So you're I, saying I, that they could be, well, could have grown I larger, comparable to like a paraceratherium uh, or something like an Andrew Sarkis. Like they're just so different than what we have today. It would be hard for me to say that this is just a smaller version of a sheep because it's it's just so drastically different. Yeah. I guess the, I guess my point is this: if if we're gonna contend that these things don't exist anymore, um, why? Why would they be made? Why would things be made and then have them go away and kind of new things be made? Like, what's the point of all that? Well, I, I don't even know if, if that is true. If there's like all these animals that existed in the past that are that are um, fundamentally distinct from the types of animals we see today. That's that's not what Stephen Jay Gould proposed when he came up with the theory of punctuated equilibrium. Now, if you listen to what he's saying there, he's saying that you go back in the fossil record and what's what what we find predominantly is stasis in the record. So what he what he said and he's a he was a preeminent evolutionary biologist. He died in the 90s. Uh, he was sort of a Richard Dawkins type, but with actual credentials and uh, it, 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 with a, which I would contend he was a lot more knowledgeable than Dawkins. But he, he came up with him and Niles Eldridge came up with punctuated equilibrium. It was to explain what was observed in the fossil record, which was stasis. And then he proposed punctuated equilibrium to explain that. Um, how evolution uh, happens in sort of fits and starts where it, um, one type goes to a different type, but rapidly and in a way that really doesn't leave much of a trace. So it's sort right. of an ad hoc explanation for why the fossil record doesn't support Darwinism. And he just comes up with a new theory. He still believed in it because he's a true believer. So it's, it's, it's like this matter of faith. It's not, so if, if um, what I contend is this, this belief system is not is not um, evidentiary, ba it's not evidence based. So why would it? Why would I expect uh, it to shake uh, Stephen Jay Gould's faith? It wouldn't. But um, right. so, but he he needed to explain what he was. So he was intellectually honest, at least on one level, where he 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 had to come to terms with what the observations were. 
Now, what you'll get, you'll fast forward 2017 and what Darwinists and evolution proponents of evolution theory will contend is that in the last couple of decades, we've, we've adequately filled in the gaps. Uh, and I reject that. I said, okay, 150 years, they've been looking for these fossils. And you mean to tell me within the last couple of decades, they've filled in all these gaps, which is what Darwin proposed that what you should find is in the, in the fossil record, if you believe in uh, common descent, is this, this, essentially a missing link, uh, well, like missing links to things that you're saying. Just transitions between all these different right. uh, animal types. As Stephen Jay Gould said, that's not what you see in the fossil record. That's why punctuated <laughs> equilibrium exists. I think it's like, well, the theories of evolution would be so subtle sometimes that it would be hard to, to pinpoint this thing specifically spawn these things. Uh, there are some examples, like I said, uh, there there's so many different species that are discovered. There's like, evolutionary dead ends. So when you say you don't know if these things that exist, there are things that there are no modern counterparts to. So clearly they don't exist anymore. Unless you're just saying that the fossils are just they're making up what they're finding. Uh, I mean, it depends on how little you believe these people. I mean, I didn't want to go the dinosaur route because I feel that's the easy way to go. But in this case, you know, dinosaurs, there's nothing like dinosaurs. Like, there's nothing like a T-Rex. There's nothing like a, the, you know, Velociraptor, these things. So there's clearly been things that are, the Earth looked quite different at one point in time. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, and then, like, that. we've... Went Clearly over these animals didn't exist. How rare they the are to time. find those, right? They are rare, but it doesn't mean they didn't exist because they're not rare. Because they're rare, something could be rare and still be exist. I mean, well, there's, something that, there's something called an Andrew uh, uh, Andrew yeah. Sucus, which is the largest land carnivore to ever exist. There's one skull of this thing. Yeah, there's, there's literally one skull. I've heard also too that there's only like a dozen skeletons of complete dinosaurs like typically like they'll find yeah and then they sort of construct the skeleton out of these fragments that they find like the the first ever dinosaur was what the um uh, i believe it was a megalosaurus no it was the uh iguanodon Okay. That was the first ever dinosaur, and uh, what was it? Uh, the the scientists have found out it was it was like uh, five teeth. That's okay. what he had. That's what he had to work with. So out of these five teeth, they they devised this uh, iguanodon creature. And um, yeah, I don't. Educated guess. I just don't have a lot of faith in that ability. You know, it's like. Um, it, you know, especially when you go look at, like, the Piltdown Man and Nebraska Man that were uh, later dismissed as frauds. But, yeah. see, the, the Piltdown Man was uh, evolutionary uh, show center showcased for 40 years before it was – before it was uh, – It wasn't showcased as – It was really I'm, a ham – it was really a ham-handed fraud of – taking a pig's tooth and filing it down, putting it in an ape's jaw. And it's really crude, but it's a full, it was, it, it was, it, it stood its ground for 40 years in, in the so-called peer review of the culture of a scientist. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's, that, then people would say, well, see, there's an example where, oh, if there is fraud, they'll be find they'll be found out. And it's like, well, that takes a lot of faith to take that position because it went on for 40 years without being found out. So you'd have to, uh, 
take the position. I'd be interested in looking into that. I'm, I'm not familiar with the LBL. Oh, Piltdown Man? Yeah, you gotta look Piltdown at that. Piltdown Man? And that was I'm, also in the... It was brought out in the Scopes trial as some of the best evidence for evolution theory, and that was uh, it supposedly a, a sort of a pivotal trial that sort of helped to catapult forward uh, um, the idea that if you don't believe in evolution, you're sort of backward and a hayseed, and yeah, it's like, oh, we got this built down, man, and you're an idiot if you don't believe well, in it. It's I, a I fucking don't really feel it's productive in any way to, to insult people. Well, I mean, if you have much uh, experience trying to argue the other side of evolutionary base, like you, I don't. one of the things that I've experienced very early and often in any kind of, and you're not doing it, and I appreciate that, but it's like just the ad hominem attacks that you get just relentlessly. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, and that's very common, though. I mean, you go to the evolution experience thing, and then they have that uh show posted up on their blog and it's like yeah this guy's an idiot he's a conspiracy theorist and a jackass and blah 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 not addressing any of the points i made but just calling me names but well, like it's say, pretty common uh, you know what i mean you could definitely argue that it's a productive conversation because even if you think the person you're talking to is completely wrong it could inspire you to find answers uh and i think you know i i do believe there's scientists in the field looking for answers every day I, I, it's, yeah. it's <laughs> lack of a better term it's an evolving process yeah and it's really it's not, compartmentalized it's all the sciences are very uh sort of fragmented into different specialized fields like you know i'm a like ken miller like he was telling me like yeah i'm pretty much a plant biologist yeah they all and i was going to ask him like so how are you an expert on monkeys but anyway it would i guess it don't matter he's yeah. a biologist and He's making a claim based on this observation, which I guess right. he has every right to do, and he's claim, it's claimed to be peer-reviewed, and I don't know exactly what that means, but I believe that a lot of people have this belief in this thing called peer review that's not substantiated either. Like, they believe that it's sort of this, uh, oh, this sort of gold standard of arriving at truth, and there's a lot of... Uh, stuff even the, in the peer review literature that refutes that, I mean, I have, a, like, a bunch of articles that, uh, oh, like the editor of the Lancet Journal, one of the, 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 the most uh, preeminent uh, medical journals on the planet. Like, he, the, 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 the editor, the head guy, says that half of all the crap we get in here is false. Half of the peer-reviewed stuff is false. It's like, wow, that's pretty... That's a pretty uh, profound, earth-shattering revelation by the editor. But see, you're not even going to hear about that stuff because I think that uh, it's, it's sort of this modern mythology that gets perpetuated by these science populists like Neil deGrasse Tyson and Lawrence Krauss and stuff like that. Every time they have a chance, they're going to get in front of an audience and they're going to say, well, see, we scientists are different. Like we're, we're pretty much the, the, the thing that drives us forward is, is facts and evidence and uh, it's like, well, dude, you need to establish that with some proof that you're that you have yeah. this special immunity from bias that everybody else has and that you're claiming that, you know, everybody that's religious has and everybody else. But they can just come out and assert that and not have any evidence to back that up. Right. Which that's but when you say you believe in a designer, you're not specifically talking about like, like in a Christian sect. You mean like a vague type of thing. 
I don't. Am I reading that wrong? I don't rule out the. I, I, see, God, as far as uh, Christian conceptualization of God is that it's a, a personal God, a God that has uh, uh, attributes that are like um, you know, self-awareness, consciousness has its own. In, it, God has his own independent uh, identity and, and and sovereignty and and free will on on and so on. Yeah, I think that God would have to. Uh, be something along that order. It's something like that's um, has all the uh, abilities in the in the ability to, but right. far beyond mankind. Something the good, you know, cause and the laws of cause and effect right. that it's established. That is a law in science. Yeah. It, it necessitates that uh, any if any effect, any cause must be greater than its. Uh, yeah subsequent effect but christianity has existed far less time than humans have well but uh, i don't think belief in a creator god has no no every almost every civilization has had some type of belief in god but i think they're kind of some of them are pretty similar but some of them are kind of different uh but yeah most most there was was like odin the zeus you know the mayans had their beliefs he had sex so it is uh it is an interesting uh social Think of like you know society why people always come up with the same idea uh it's definitely that could be a completely different topic altogether but uh <laughs> yeah there is uh religious precursors to darwin's theory as well where you have the uh vedic text and the what was the the uh i'm not good with these hindu names or all that but uh yeah the uh, oh, i'd have right. to look it up just hinduism but yeah uh, I will pretty much have to wrap this up. I have to get up in like four hours, but uh, oh, okay, right, <laughs> yeah. But an interesting conversation. I appreciate the time. Well, yeah, I think it was good. I mean, I think, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I understand that a lot of a lot of people believe in evolution theory, and uh, I, I appreciate you coming on and discussing it. I, um, I mean, what what would you what would you leave as sort of your final word on the subject well like i said i i, I it it's given me you giving me some to think about you know different uh i'll put it this way not necessarily i still believe in evolution but uh it's an alternative uh way of thinking and if anything like i said it kind of uh leads you to find the answers the problems you're having with it mm-hmm. that should that could challenge people to uh look for these answers and like i said i think it's constantly evolving and i will say even though i do believe in it i do think that there's a lot that scientists don't know i still think there's some mis- there's a lot of mysteries behind it and i think there's a lot of there's a lot of work to be done i don't, I don't think it's like a settled thing and yeah I, th- mm-hmm. I think there's a lot to discover uh i think the truth is out there uh and i'm 500 years from now who knows where we'll be at but uh anyway mm-hmm. uh definitely uh, I'll see. I'll probably have some people listen to it, see what they think. I'll get feedback. <laughs> yeah, or you know, maybe I, I I would like to leave everybody with this: is like consider the possibility that maybe it is just a, another belief system among belief systems, and that uh, just because right. it's uh, got the science label on it doesn't necessarily it was. Uh, it was the conclusions were 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 arrived at through some strict adherence to the so-called scientific method because that 
it doesn't necessarily mean because there's this association with it that it, the association is warranted. That's another thing too. It's like a, the, it's, it's commonly understood logical fallacy to make a to make associations between certain things like uh, engineering or your computer with Darwin's theory because they're both come out both of the so-called science. sciences, and that that right. I, I see what yeah, you're it's a common fallacy that's not um, doesn't doesn't really uh, substantiate as a separate and independent claims of science you know so i just yeah throw that i just throw it out there i i think that if you, you start looking at it from that perspective and challenge yourself to establish the premise that it's based on you know that uh, the scientific establishment is is immune from biases uh enough to where it backs up those claims by you know Science, science populist or what's commonly put out, out there is like they're mainly concerned with uh, conclusions that are based on facts. It, if you challenge that premise, I think you can come to some different uh, conclusions, you know. So I right. like to kind of focus it in that direction because you can you can go down all the list of claims and there's just it's just endless you know the peer review papers out there that supposedly established Darwin and and they're just too numerous to even mention but if you go to the underlying premise then it's like you need to probably establish that first and then um then how 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 solid does all that evidence claim because you know the mormons too they have archaeological digs and texts and manuscripts in an overwhelming abundance so just keep that in mind too it's like if that establishes something is true you know the argument for verbosity we have all these texts we have all these claims we have all these digs we have all these rocks and artifacts and, and stuff like that then if that is what you use to establish something that's true then you might uh, as well become a Mormon as you would a believer in modern naturalistic materialism or Darwinism hmm. or so yeah that's a one way of putting it <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, th I think that's uh, yeah I think that's where I wanted to kind of fo focus in on is kind of the also examining the premise so but yeah yeah this is could could go on and on but I know you gotta Definitely. you gotta take off so I pre uh, thank you again and uh Maybe, maybe we could do it again sometime. Yeah, sure. No problem. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. Have a good night. You too. Third evidential piece of the puzzle. Look, you turn to the serious sciences. You turn to general relativity or quantum mechanics. I can program a computer with the equations of general relativity or with the equations of quantum mechanics, and I can say, all right, what are the consequences? I can actually see the consequences uh, emerge in a simulation. We can't do any of this in biology. And that, that should, should prompt any reasonable person to ask, why not? If this is such a simple mechanism, which can easily be programmed on a computer, how come we can't set up a computer and create something of biological-like complexity? How come we cannot see the unfolding of an evolutionary process the way we can see the unfolding of an evolutionary process in physics? It's a very serious question. I've looked at all the genetic algorithms. I'm trying to write a genetic algorithm myself. And, uh, and the sheer fact is, uh, without a tremendous amount of very special man manipulation and ad hoc constraints, the computer is not going to generate anything realistic if it uses Darwinian mechanisms. And it will generate something realistic only if it doesn't use Darwinian mechanisms. This is an important point. Um, 
50 years after the computer revolution began, we have a splendid tool for assessing the, um, the intelligibility and viability of Darwinian theory. And everything that we know, everything that we know, I think this is the uniform experience of anyone working in genetic algorithms indicates these mechanisms will not work. They will not work for their intended purposes. And finally, there's the utter absence of laboratory evidence. I mean, random variation, natural selection, we should be able to start manipulating organisms. When we look at dogs, no matter how far back we go, it's dogs. When we look at bacteria, no matter what we do, they stay bugs. They don't change in their fundamental nature. There seems to be some sort of an inherent species limitation, and we have no good explanation for this in terms of Darwinian theory. We should have far more flexibility, far more plasticity under laboratory conditions than we actually do if Darwinian theory or anything like that were correct. What we see in nature, what we see in the laboratory, is very highly bounded variation, cyclic variation. That's, for example, bin, um, uh, finch beaks in the Galap uh, Galapagos Island. That's about all we see. Small variations. Why is that if Darwinian theory is correct? These are evidentiary points that I think need to be stressed, need to be examined openly, honestly. And they never are, of course. Never are.